Welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Welcome to another episode of everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. Joining me today is a special buddy, my buddy Chris from Brew Erie. How are you doing today, Chris? Good, Nick. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. Always love promoting local businesses around town, especially the brewery. I'm happy you. To, I'm happy to have you on this episode. We we appreciate that. Thank you. So, Chris, for our buddies out there, because we have buddies from Erie, Pennsylvania, and we have buddies from across the world, tell us about Brewery Erie. Tell us about the history. Yeah. So we opened up the brewery eating station. Uh, it was honestly like a, like a five years of field work, homework, studying, and saying, "Hey, you know, Erie, Pennsylvania, for as big as a city we are, doesn't have a, a craft." brew pub or brewery mm-hmm. and uh, that's hard to imagine now though over 15 of us uh within a stone's throw of downtown but you know we saw it going on in other parts of the country you know cleveland had one pittsburgh had one buffalo had one um and we'd been into places small small rural towns across the country that we went you know to visit to see how these places were doing it with small populations and it you know that they were popping up so it was like you know erie as i love erie because we're always uh what's like besides being a great city we're always like five they say five to ten years behind a lot of trends mm-hmm. so you know if you're out there looking there, there's all these kind of industries and movements and and fads trends whatever you want to call them that are out there that are going to get here eventually so we knew craft beer was a thing especially on the west coast and um, we knew it was coming so we said let's get out ahead of this and, and make craft beer so from 2001 to 2006, we did all that homework we talked about and, and went out and visited other owners and brewers. And uh, finally, um, the opportunity arose in um, spring of 06, Union Station became available right down here, um, nestled uh, in downtown Erie, Pennsylvania at an old rail depot. So the space was cool. Um, the city was kind of committed to downtown and redeveloping this area in particular, um, you know, the Union Square and um, Griswold Park. So there was a, a long-term commitment for here. It was cool space. And uh, lo and behold, after five years, of, a lot of work, um, you know, we opened our doors in September of 2006 as the brewery eating station. Nice. And tell us about more about that location of yours. Yeah. So Union Station itself, again, was originally Erie's first uh, real passenger uh depot so there was a union uh, there was an actual union depot that serviced downtown area from 1863 to 1927 when this replaced it but it's very small and rail at the turn of the century was just exploding and that was really um really the main way of, of traveling in or, in or out of town um you know you had to be uber wealthy you had to be a one percenter to have an automobile to be able to afford having an automobile uh in the ni- early 1900s so if you can imagine everybody that was coming and going from a very, very busy, vibrant downtown um, was either walking on a horse or taking taking a train. So this was the, the hub of northwestern Pennsylvania transportation. 
So uh, it is a 100,000 square foot building of built as the first Art Deco Union Station in the United States. So when you come in here and you get a look at the decor, uh, just the overall decor and architecture, um, a very European, um, the, the symmetry is very interesting, everything from, you know, the arches down to the actual, you know, the graphics and the fonts used and the marble of, of standing the place uh, was very specific. And they continue to use that throughout Union Stations as they popped up across the country. So we were the first, but it's fun to travel, whether you go to D.C. or Chicago. Um, you know, we went out to the Union Station in Portland, Oregon, and the, 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 the characteristics that they share um, are uh, are pretty cool. Each building is a little bit different, but a lot of them have a lot of the same basic design. Wonderful. Now let's talk menu a little bit. Yeah. I got to ask, what are your favorite items on the menu? I know that's like asking um, who's your favorite child, you know? Yeah. But... And I have one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. Not in front of my kids anyway. But uh, it, 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 honest, honestly, Nick, like you nail on the head, like, you know, we've built this menu, you know, over the years and, and almost like our beer, it's like, hey, we want to make stuff that we like, whether it's, you know, maybe different, odd, off-centered food. Um, but we like doing fun, different things they can't just go anywhere and get. So um, we uh, I had a sister that lived in Kentucky and still does. And we used to go visit down there and we would a delicacy down in Kentucky is deep fried pickles. So we said, we need to bring this back to Erie. So uh, I think we introduced deep fried pickles to Erie uh, over 16 years ago. Um, you see them pop up here and there now, but um, you know, we do a little different than the Southern chips. We do a whole spear in our beer batter um, with the Southwest dressing, which is off the chart. So that's like a guilty pleasure. Uh, one of those fun things, um, you know, we get into uh, uh, a lot of, you know, twists on favorites like pierogies. We'll saute those with bacon bits and like a, um, a horseradish sauce, which is delicious. I love those. Um, and one of my favorites, uh, other favorite appetizers are garlic, parm, um, deep fried Brussels sprouts. So uh, mm. those are off the charts. Makes you feel good about eating Brussels sprouts and vegetables. Um, but, uh, a, you know, a cool little modern flair to it. Um, but even like, you know, we took a, a favorite when I, you know, when I was a, a kid, like a, an at-home comfort food was like fried bologna. So that's, uh, uh, you know, that I know that's a staple in, in this region in the um, part of Pennsylvania and in the Midwest. Um, you know, fried bologna is an old comfort thing, almost like mac and cheese. And, uh, you know, we took that to the next level, did a quarter pound slab of Smith's bologna, of course, because it had to be mm. Smith's. Mm -hmm. Sausage and onions, peppers um, on a giant brioche bun, um, melted cheddar cheese all over the thing. So it's just it's, you know, again, taking an old favorite, but putting a twist on it. Um, and, you know, that that's kind of what we do. And, and speaking of mac and cheese, another one we took um, that I absolutely love, um, we took mac and cheese and put, we're like, well, what kind of protein can we put on mac and cheese? So we took one of our favorite sandwiches, a Philly cheesesteak, and we call it our Philly mac and cheesesteak. So, Ooh. you know, you, you get that thinly shaved uh, steak on top with onions, peppers, um mushrooms and it's just out of sight but it's again one of those things back then it's like you know most restaurants you couldn't find mac and cheese uh over mm -hmm. a decade ago um unless it was like on a kid's plate now it's for adults it's fun it's different and um again just doing things outside the box that uh you know we thought would be fun and luckily you know we're blessed people people gravitate toward and really attached to it wonderful 
I will say in a joking sense, it probably wasn't the best idea for me to do this episode right before lunch. Yeah, right. Right, right, right. <laughs> So My apologies. No, you're good. You're good. But those sounded delicious. You're right. I love how you're keeping the Smith's flavors in because Smith's is a staple in Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. just so props to you for that. Let's talk about beer menu. What about some of your favorite beers? I know, again, asking like a favorite child. Yeah, but... yeah. So, you know, um, I'll tell you, it's it, it's interesting because, um, you know, taste kind of change with seasons and uh, almost like food. Like in, I probably wouldn't eat that mac and cheese steak. You know, in July, I'd probably lean more towards like a like a really robust salad or something like that. But, you know, beer's kind of the same. Um, you know, this time of year, you know, we're, we're shooting this in the wintertime. So, you know, we have stouts like a, a right now we have a delicious coffee stout on um, that's semi-sweet, but also, um, you know, has a lot of coffee notes, roasted coffee notes. Um, you know, we have a next month, we have a chocolate peanut butter porter, which is one of my favorites, um, which we, you know. You take chocolate peanut butter and a dark roasted porter, and um, it, it works magic. It's one of those things like 10 years ago, people were like, that's kind of off the wall. And now it's become like, you know, what craft brewers do, throw crazy things in beers and do fun stuff. So, you know, this time of year, that, that's the stuff I would gravitate to. But come summertime, you know, I love like a, a light German wheat or a Belgian wit, um, something that's a little more refreshing, easy on the palate. Um, sometimes a lo- you know a lower alcohol that you can you know drink outside on a hot day and really be refreshing and not mm-hmm. um you like know, a pale ale kind of exactly right yeah and you have uncle jackson's pale ale uncle jackson's uh is our blonde ale you know we made that when we opened up as the first beer we made because we knew coming into you know we weren't a craft beer market and craft beer wasn't you know as popular as, as quite right now we knew we had to have a beer that was light sessionable um that people you know that might be drinking a, a bud labat um yingling might say all right I'll, I'll give it a try so it's a non-offensive not hoppy not not dark not high high gravity um just something really approachable and something that pairs really well with your meals nice yeah. are there any new beers you've been working on any new flavors you can let us in on so you know it, it it's we have 14 beer lines and um, seven of them are pretty much set in stone. That's what you're going to get all year long. So we have a, a blonde, an amber, a hefeweizen, an IPA, a nut brown, and a milk stout that are always on. And then the other half of that lineup, we are constantly rotating through. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll do one batch. It's on for a month, and it's gone. Um, but we always try to do twists every year, trying to tweak or do something a little bit um, a little bit different right now we have a you know peaches and cream we've done different peach beers in the, in the past mm-hmm. but we have one on right now that's uh that's delicious um a couple new ipas and a, a red um ira out and um it would also you know get into that point where it's sweet beer season we get to those girl scout cookies um Ooh. you know we tie in the chocolate peanut butter porter um in with girl scout cookies come march 1st and then uh, we also do a girl stout cookie, which is a chocolate thin mint stout, um, which is also great fun. But we always kind of do twists. Um, one of the most fun things we do, I think, with our beers every single Friday for the viewers out there. Every single Friday, we take one of our staple or base beers that are on all the time and we do something fun with it. And we never know what we're going to do. We just look at what we have available in, in the tank and then we'll throw in whatever fresh raspberries fresh peppers um we'll throw in some peanut butter do whatever we do and we just do one keg of it 
and we tap it Friday. When it's gone, it's gone, and you can't get it again. Um, a lot of those, we said a, a banana, marshmallow, peanut butter, um, almost like a, a sandwich. It was nuts. We thought we'd try it, and lo and behold, it went over crazy. People loved it. So maybe, you know, we take some of those beers that people think, hey, that, that's nuts, but it's good, and then we're going to try to make a full tank of it down the road. So it's great experimental. It's great for just conversation and something new and fun to get people to come in. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's, it's also great research and development. So. Nice. And that's yeah. really how like you cover like new, uh, new flavors. You said like, you just give it a try and see what happens. Every, everything we do here. I mean, from events to beer to food, you know, you, you try it once and you maybe you special it, feature it or do an event with it and see how it goes over. And, you know, usually, usually people vote with one, their wallet and, and just re repeat purchases. So, um, you know, and general feedback and discussion. So, um, you know, we take it all in. So, you know, we take the good, the bad and, and see what, what people like and, and do it again. Worst case scenario. Well, on to the next one. Exactly. Right. What do you got to lose? Exactly. So tell us about your mug club. Yeah, so our mug club, uh, I, I, we started our, our very first year, um, and basically, you know, we wanted to create a loyalty program. Again, no one knew what a mug club was. Now every brewery has one, but back then you tried to you try to explain what we were trying to do. So we want to create a, a loyalty program, um, you know, beyond a little punch card, and create something like, hey, our regulars are going to get something extra every time or something free every time. So our mug club runs at the calendar year and um, started with 50 mug club memberships. Now we're up to over 400 and it's $50 for the year. You get a beautiful handcrafted ceramic stein, 20 ounce. It stays here for the calendar year. It has your name on it. So every time you come in, um, you get that, that mug and instead of getting a 16 ounce beer like everybody else we pull out your stein you get a 20 ounce beer so it's always 25 percent extra for the same price we also then on tuesdays our mug club night you come in we buy you your first beer so uh free beer at 52 free beers a year and other times throughout the year bonus bonus nights but um at least 52 nights a year get a free beer and then tuesday also get 20 percent off your meal so you know we have people it, they come in there like clockwork every single Tuesday, get their free beer. They might stay for a second or have dinner, um, but it's just like a reward. And um, and it's a, it's a thank you to the people that are, have been loyal to us. It's a huge part of our business. Um, it doesn't matter morning, noon or night. You can see someone in here, um, you know, using their mug or, you know, utilizing their discounts. Um, and at the end of the year, we have a big, big party. It's actually coming up this weekend. It's always a, the third weekend uh, in January and come in free entertainment, free meal, a free beer. Um, it's a blowout. It's one of the most fun things we do. And uh, and again, it's, it's just like, you know, we had to build relationships with people, um, had to get them into craft beer, had to get them to, into a part of town that was still pretty rough, an old building that wasn't um, really all refurbished or renovated. So we had a lot of obstacles early on, and that was a, a, a giant part um, of our step forward to make all this happen. All that for just, for, for just that price? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you come a couple times and it pays for itself really quick. So it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, you know, 50 bucks doesn't make us any money, but it gets, it gets people in and again, builds that relationship and builds the world. Mm -hmm. Every little bit adds up. And I must tell Absolutely. you, Clark, that's the, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole yeah. year. Yes, sir. You said it. 
So on top of, you know, food, drinks, you also have special events. For example, bocce. What made you think of the bocce league? Again, just stupid stuff thrown at the wall. We are, uh, our, our, I always say our, our, our number one asset is in resources. Also, our biggest liability is, is space. So in a giant train station, um, you know, early on, we did not need all the space. And it was one of those things, like, how do we grow into it? And how do we utilize it on, you know, on a weeknight when we're slow? Um, how do we fill this space? So um, one of the things we like to do is, uh, is do nonprofit things, do off the wall, you know, fun stuff outside. So we have 10,000 square feet in the back of the building on the old boarding docks. Um, it was in rough shape when we got here, looked, you know, like something we could do. So we said to our landlord, hey, if we develop this, can we utilize it? And he said, absolutely. So we started with a, a little bocce court, put some gravel out, use some old railroad ties to repurpose it. And, um, and a lot of things out there in the beer garden is re repurposed. If you've never been out there, a lot of recycled items, but you wanted to keep the, the integrity and the character of the building. So why not railroad ties and some gravel for some bocce? And it turned into, I think, four teams on, um, I think we did a Monday night. Um, the next year was eight, then we went to 16. Um, then we had to split the night up into divisions. So now we have a six and an eight on Wednesday night. I believe there's 40 teams between the two divisions on a Monday night. Um, so, you know, well over a hundred people show up. Um, and then we added nights, we had a Wednesday and Thursday, and it just got to a point where, um, it, it became a really cool thing, whether you're 22 or 62, you know, you see people out there, um, and it became a fashionable, I don't want to say hipster, but just a, a new thing to do outside of, you know, shooting pool or bowling, um, which is great in the wintertime, but I don't want to be inside. In the, in the summertime, it's beautiful in Erie, PA. I got a few months to take advantage, right? So exactly, hey, let let's do something outside. It, it started with bocce, um, and you know it's turned into leagues. It's turned into fundraisers. It's turned into winter tournaments outside. Um, and this year, finally, we took the jump and added curling. So Ooh. we're outside curling in the wintertime um, from you know November through March. So it you know. People in the area love stuff to do, and they love off-the-wall stuff to do. This is just, you know, one more thing, and uh, it, it's it was a it was a leap of faith, and um, it, it's amazing to see how it just spread over the last ten years. Mm -hmm. And again, I talked to you this before the episode. I'd like to issue a public apology for anyone who's ever played the team known as Off Constantly. Just uh, you know. Just a public apology. I may be uh, biologically related to one of those team members, uh, but that's a that's another story for another time. You know? Yeah, no, it, good good group. Good group. They are. They are. They're a lot of fun, and it's a lot of fun. It's it's that thing that my dad really looks forward to. You know, like he it's outside of work. He gets together with his buddies, has a drink, and yeah. gets to gets to have fun. You know? Yep. Yeah. No, we uh, we're, we're blessed with a a lot of great a lot of great customers patrons players and um yeah like i said it, it's a cool different thing to do so you know if you're out there you're interested um you know we all we'll, we could talk about it later but you know we have our winter classic coming up in um in february mm -hmm. and then by may 1st we're already signing up for our summer league so um, nice no off season here nice nice now my buddy got to this before i could but my next question for you covers are covers the ghost stories you offer haunted history tours can you tell us about that yeah so uh, another thing buddy like 
you know, we, when we got in this building, you know, we were aware a historical landmark and B, you know, I had heard about coming into this project. I heard about all the urban legends that surround the building. So, you know, I was a non-believer. Um, still, you know, I have a lot of questions about stuff, but I'm like, I kind of laughed at it, but you know, the more and more I spent time here and I honestly, the first seven years we were open, I, I was open to close and, you know, almost never left here. I spent more time here than I did anywhere else by far. And, um, you know, weird things would go on and I always kind of laughed at it, but over time you're like, what, you know, the things you couldn't explain anymore. So, I mean, uh, I, we do a two hour walking tour of the building. Um, it started um nearly 15 years ago is just literally like something fun to do a quick we took a quick 20 minute walk around and as we learned more and you know did more homework and got the history of the building and you know got really crazy articles and microfilm on people that had passed in the building or passed on the tracks behind us um then the ghost hunters started up early on we have over a dozen different paranormal investigators to be mm-hmm. correct not ghost hunters they're investigators mm-hmm. um but uh we got a, over a dozen of them that come in from all over the region um and a lot of them keep coming back because they 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 come and they get crazy evidence and um we kind of built all that into our haunted history tour and again it's it's the, the oddities and the urban legends tied with the history of the building itself which is incredibly rich and mysterious um in the architecture and all the things the people that came and went um from you know babe ruth to abe lincoln um to all the soldiers uh particularly during the second world war that came and left out here there are so many great stories that i didn't even know about uh when we got in the building and it's just you know this work that we've put into it and collecting all this and doing these tours to share so it's amazing we've people come to this tour every single year like clockwork um they run we do run of course during october for the halloween season um they do sell out um so we do i don't know a couple probably at least a dozen public tours um throughout october probably over a dozen for um like um, nonprofits or fundraising groups um or private companies that that rent us out to do that and then you know that october became so congested that we said all right how do we push this away um to do it another time when the weather's fairly decent when you're not because we do walk outside and the basement's awfully chilly in the winter so we're like well, let's push it let's do halfway to halloween so the month of april we kind of do a carbon copy of it also incredibly popular uh in the spring as well so yeah we're, we're just blessed with a, a a really cool gem in union station and and you know again find a way to to not only make use of the space but to kind of share the story of it because um it has a great story and a lot of people um in the Erie, you know need to be told that story honey you want to go on a ghost tour <laughs> she's giving me the wide eyes right now uh, you, you let me know sounds good sounds good what what of all the ghost stories of all the urban legends you've heard from the one which one stands out to you the most that you personally have the most evidence of of like you like went from like you said yeah that's just a bit too i'm really believing yeah. that right now yeah i get asked that one quite a bit and it's hard to pinpoint just i i, I did have a, a couple in particular um and i won't get too long winded and give mm-hmm. it away because we want people to come and, and find yeah. out themselves. but um there, there were two instances um one was uh 
basically we had spent the month of October mm-hmm. and we had done the tours and we had done paranormal investigators and um, our friends at one of the radio stations uh, reached out and said, Hey, can we do a live broadcast from your place on Halloween morning? So I said, absolutely. So we I made our info with them and one of the ghost hunters um, that we've used to, to come and meet here. So it was myself and Carrie and doing this over online on a, uh, on a podcast isn't really uh, do it justice, but yet to see the, the setup and how, what actually went down. But ultimately, you know, we walked into a, a, a closed building at five in the morning on Halloween and Carrie and I walk in and as we swing the door open into the restaurant, the phone starts to ring and she looked at me, she goes, Chris, you'll be calling you at 5am. I go, Carrie, that's not a phone call. That's a page. It's a it's very stark contrast sound to what a the phone dial uh, sounds like. So I was getting beeped and we walk over and look at the phone there by the hostess station. And I'm sure as heck, you know, it wasn't the phone ringing. It was a page like I told her. And the page was coming from my office upstairs. Well, nobody uh, was here, of course, and nobody has a key to my office. Yet here we are getting paged on this readout from my office. And uh, it was it was bizarre. So she, she was giddy about it. She's like, pick it up, pick it up. I'm like, you pick it up. Uh, I had no interest in knowing what was going on because very the timing and it is all a lot of things that in my mind were absolutely impossible um, that nobody had access to or even you know knew we would have been here. But as we're walking in, this is all going on. So I went over. Um, I went over and here's my prop right here. I go. Uh, she finally, finally, like, come on, come on, come on. And I'm like, all right, we'll both pick it up. So I pick up the phone and I stick it up to my ear, and it was the most god awful like squealing it was like a lot of white staticky noise but like a squealing in it uh it was a, a foul foul sound that i did not like appreciate or want to hear again and i hung up the phone i'm like oh carrie i'm, I'm good now she's like, let's go to your office chris i go now i'm good i'm yeah. good where i'm sitting right now i'm like nope uh exit so stage I, left yeah right i'm like dude i am good carrie and uh we we left it at that so uh you know at the end of the day it, it was really nothing but for all that to happen i get people all the time like was it a fax or a modem or something like that? I go no unless you know unless uh it was a a, a fax from you know Satan himself it would I know what the I know what a fax sounds like and plus it wasn't coming on a on a, on a phone line it was a phone to phone page so there's just weird stuff like that that happens sometimes um I, you know I saw something fly you know uh something substantial and heavy um fly right in front of my wife one night on a ghost tour in the basement um just odd stuff i wish i could explain it because i'm like a pretty practical and scientific guy and uh it's hard you know when so many things happen over time it's like hard to keep being a non-believer so i've done a a complete non-believer you know uh over 15 years 16 years to be like all right something goes on i don't know what it is called a spirit energy Mm -hmm. um called ghost i don't care but but it it's a weird building and weird things go on here Nice. If buddies want to learn more, please go on that ghost tour. Yeah, for sure. Go on the ghost tour and join my buddies from Erie Unknown. Yeah, please. It's yeah. cool stuff, man. It's cool. Yep. Now, getting back to a lighter subject while we're still shaking here, you know, what about some upcoming events that you have going on? What are some? Yeah, so we are, we are uh, again, blessed with busy. We've got, um, obviously, we've we've always got, like, public, private, and fundraising events going on. So that's stuff you can check out on our social media handles. They come up throughout the week. And 
um, whatever. I, I, I'd say our next three big things coming up, um, getting in to the end of the month here, Erie uh, Restaurant Week. That's not just us, but that's everywhere. I encourage people to go out there listening that are in the, the greater area to get out. Um, visit Erie um, and visiterie.com have basically, you know, put all these restaurants together, some great packages and deals. But it's basically, it's Erie Restaurant Weeks, plural. Um, it runs basically um, a weekend to a weekend. So it's, I think, 10 days, but it, it starts on the 20th of January. I believe it runs through like the 29th or something like that. But um, it's it's just cool to, to, to feature the restaurants. There'll be a lot of media out there on it. Um, a lot again, a lot of great deals, packages, and features. So um, I, you know, get out there. It's a great time of year, January, um, when a lot of us are, you know, already getting spring fever. I get by February first, I have spring fever pretty bad. So um, just cool stuff. It's a great way to support local restaurants and local businesses. And then, um, as aforementioned, we have our Winter Bocce Classic coming up. That's Saturday, February eleventh. That's a that's a really fun day. That's tournament style. It's generally twenty four teams of four. So if you're out there, you're interested, we have people playing for the first time. We have people have been playing forever, all ages. Um, but uh, that's, I believe, $25 a person. That includes lunch um, and play for, for the entire day. There's cash bar available. Um, but just a really cool way to blow a, a Saturday. I believe it's a noon start. And, you know, you could be out of here by 4. If you keep playing, you, you might be here till 6. But um, a lot of fun. People bundle up. By the way, our trackside, we have overhead heating. So if you... You know, you want to sit under the heaters, you can do that too and not freeze. But that's a ton of fun in February. And then our big, one of our biggest fundraisers we do is um, partnering with WQLN for the Erie Craft Beer Fest. That's been on a three-year hiatus. There's this, um, the pandemic, of course, kind of wiped that out. So um, we're back in person, and that's Saturday, April 15th. Uh, there's generally two sessions, two three-hour sessions. Um, it's really the only day of the year we close um, for a private event. So they have our space, they have um, our 10,000 square feet, another 10,000 next to us in the concourse in station, but we shut it down for a, for Big Bird for the day to raise money for our, our, our local PBS affiliate, WQLN. So you can go to WQLN.org or brewery.com, uh, either one, check it out. And um, yeah, I believe tickets start at $40, but all the proceeds of that um, go right to WQLN and public broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And brewery.com is where our, our buddies can learn more about your business, can learn more about what's going on. Yeah, whether it's about the beer, the food, um, events, uh, a little bit of history, some great photos of the place. So, yeah, brewery.com, we, we try to drop it all right there for you. Love it. Love it. Now, buddies, I got two I got two more questions for you. The first one is brought to us by our buddy Jonas Kane at Hashtag Positivity. He wants to know, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? Oh, man. I think it starts with being there for them and being accessible. And um, I always say, like, a you know, if, if you're a buddy, uh, morning, noon, night, good times, bad times, um, you know, you, you got to be there for folks. Um, so I uh, I call my son. My, it's funny because my dad called me buddy when you when you. you when you invited me, I'm like, oh man, that's funny because my both my parents call me that. And I call we call our son that, and um, it's it's just about uh, it, it's like a for me it's like a it, it's endearing and um, there's a there's a lot tied to it. But for anything, I always say friends, buddies, whatever it is, it's it's just being available 
Um, and it, it doesn't matter when or the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Please know, number one, you're not a guest on this show. You're a buddy. Ah, right. And I number two, corrected. number two, we have a lot in common because my that's where I got the name BuddyCast from, was from my grandfather. Anytime yeah. we called each other on the phone, hey, buddy, how's it going? Anytime, like, if he, you know, if he came to, if I met him at the brewery or something and he was with a table and I walked in, hey, guys, well, give me one second. Hey, buddy, come over here. Guys, I want you to meet my buddy. So no, I, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. The final question I have for you, I'm going to split into two parts. Mm-hmm. It's for, um, it's what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. You ready for this one? Yes, sir. All righty. What's your advice for anyone who wants to open and operate their own business one day? And the second part, what's your advice for anyone who wants to come and visit Erie one day? Oh, great. That's great. So boy, I, you know, Running a business, it, it's it's not easy. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's something I always say, you know, if I sit with someone that's interested in getting in, whether it's a student or a, a peer um, or someone, you know, we've helped, we've helped foster a lot of breweries and restaurants throughout the years, too. It's been, been a big part of what we did. And I, I always say when I sit with someone, I can talk you into it or I can talk you out of it. And I think it depends, like, what kind of sacrifice you're, you're willing to make for your success and mm-hmm. you know the, the first and foremost it's, it's your time um there, there's a lot of sacrifices you have to do and make um financial and commitment what there's a lot but at the end of the day it, it's a lot of time so you know if you're not in love with what you're getting into and you don't want to you know whether it's a weekend a holiday a night whether you're feeling sick or lousy or there's somewhere you'd rather be like a party. I can't tell you the amount of birthday parties I missed for almost a decade trying to get established. Um, it's tough. I mean, it's tough, but you got to be willing to make make the sacrifices to, to, to get established and to get the right amount of work done. Um, so I, that was it early on. It, it was the, the, the what you're willing to sacrifice and having the time to do it. And then I think to grow your business and, and to be happy and, and feel uh, successful is, is taking that time and those sacrifices and balancing it. So for me that, you know, for almost a decade, you know, sometimes it felt like you're killing yourself and living at work, but you know, as you grow and try to develop and get better at what you do and enjoy life more for me, it's, it got, it's gone from how much can I sacrifice to how much can I balance all this? So um, there comes a time and, you know, I think some people, a lot of people get discouraged and, and, and hang it up too quick. I think I've seen a lot of businesses, you know, in, in a year, two years, three years fold. And I go, if you're not willing to make a commitment for three to five years of pain and whether that pain, again, is time, money, physical pain, the lack of sleep, whatever it is, your, 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 your weekends, your, your nights and all that stuff. If you're not willing to make that, I, I don't recommend, um, you know, it, it's, it's a tough road when you're not willing to, to sacrifice a lot, but there, there are payoffs. And, and again, I think once you, once you're into it and you're on the right footing, um, you know, just balancing life with work and family and friends. And um, that's ultimately what's important. Nice. And what about your advice for Erie? For yeah. visiting Erie? It, I'll tell you what, if you're visiting, oh boy, I swear, you know, for our friends and buddies out there that uh, are not from Erie, I swear by it. I will say five months of the year, it's probably the best place on the planet. I'll say May 1st, October 1st, I wouldn't move anywhere. Um, I, I highly recommend visiting during that time um, from, you know, the, the great resource we have, the lake, the beaches, the bay, 
Um, it's just beautiful weather. It's incredibly cheap and affordable to, to come in, whether you live or visiting, um, and so much to do uh, during those months. So I, I recommend picking that time frame, and then um, you know whether it's taking advantage of the the waterfront or the the shopping, the history, um, the Lake Erie Ale Trail. If, if you're 21, and even if you're not 21, our you know half of our regulars. Um, you know, have families with kids. So we, we have kids here all the time, but um, there are so many breweries, wineries, I think 15 of each, distilleries, fun stuff to do. The shopping's incredible. Um, and just the, the natural resources and, and cool stuff we have got going on here, whether it's Waldemere Park or Splash Lagoon or Erie Sport Park, it, it I, I can't imagine a better place to live. And even in the wintertime, we find fun stuff to do, whether it's mm-hmm. throwing a bocce ball, <laughs> on the tri- boarding docks of Union Station in February or curling or, you know, we're, we're blessed with winter stuff too, but I'll tell you what, it, this, this town is hard to beat, um, hard to beat from May to October. Love it. Love it. Well, buddy, thank you so much for being a buddy on Buddy Cash. You're welcome back anytime. Hope you know that. Anything you want Thanks, to promote? Buddy, I appreciate it. I look forward to next time. Yes. And buddy, before we end this episode, stick around a minute. We'll chat afterwards. But before we end this episode, I have one favor to ask you. Whatever you do today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, please go be someone's buddy. Taking care of I'm on it, buddy. Solid. For all my buddies out there, this is my buddy Chris. Please check out Brewery at Union Station. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. Catch me tomorrow on the Joe Natale Show at 4 p.m. And catch BuddyCast whenever you can. Because it's everybody's favorite show. We'll catch you all next time here on BuddyCast. Well, the days are going fast. Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone fast. Buddy, buddy, tune in to BuddyCast. Don't feel like it can make everybody here on BuddyCast. Hey buddies, you thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.